You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. My name is Scout and this is Wild. We are batching recording. I've heard you say that one too many times oh, today. Oh baby. We're just getting started but we're, we're getting, getting kicked. started. We're getting kicked out of this studio real fast. <laughs> <laughs> God. Hi, Scout. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm going home tonight. I've been in LA yes. all week. I oh, was, you're going home tonight? Yeah, I'm going home tonight. I'm going home tonight. Wait, mm-hmm. I thought we're going to have Shabbat tomorrow. Mm, you know, it's uh, it's time for me to go no! home. Oh, Scout alum. I, I have miss you. I had multiple dinners with you. Yeah, we had too many dinners. I can't sleep at mom's house. Oh, yes. I literally have not been able to sleep for yes. five days. Um, we love that for you. It's not a good look. An exhausted scout. I can't. An don't. underslept scout. Well, because I'm afraid because she puts me in the guest room on the ground okay, floor. No, we don't need to. Okay. Well, I was I was going to give the the appropriate version, which is that I don't like being on the ground floor oh, okay. because I'm afraid that someone's going to walk by and, and hit the window and, and, and do oh. something. So, and then LA is a lot, a lot more loud than San Diego. And so I hear the, the, the cars and oh, I get really, I get really unsettled. There are cars here in Los Angeles. Yeah. I've heard, the I've heard them in the middle of the night. So anyways, it has been a lovely trip. Okay. This is my second, um, you know, post quarantine ish trip up to Los Angeles. Sure. We met Cleo from Podcast Nation, our network. Delightful. We had a we wonderful dinner. Santa Monica Proper Hotel. We met Gigi, who's our intern, yep. who um, we've never met. We never met in person, and she is just the cutest gem, little button ever. Yeah. 
Jesus, she's so beautiful. I know, we looked at her and we're like... We're like, God, she came looking that hot? Jesus. Yeah, we're like, fuck. We're like, fuck, it's hot. What we're going to eat a lot. Look, oh. What did we look like? Um, I'll give you a quick uh, Grey's Anatomy update. Because that's what we've been waiting that's for. Where, I know you guys have been way on the edge of your seat. <laughs> the Grey's Anatomy. Um, I am on season 11 of Grey's Anatomy. Spoiler alert. Turn it on pause if you don't want to know. <laughs> Many people are pausing. <laughs> Many people. Um, it's gonna say Der- uh, people dropped it down. <laughs> um, Derek dies this season. Um, damn it, Derek! Damn it! Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and I am unprepared. Uh, a lot of people have been DMing me saying, "Just stop now! Like, save yourself the heartbreak." But of course, I'm a masochist, so I'm gonna keep watching. Um, I so, think just the fact that you watch this much is masochistic. Oh, I can, you know that I I'm halfway through. They have 18 seasons. I'm halfway. I just will not take. I don't understand why your sister comes to you and says, please watch Marvel Universe. And you're like, it's too overwhelming. Oh, oh my God. I've, you, like, I've so for you love. to say something like that is just incorrect. Know, it's factually incorrect. Okay. Anyways. So it's it's coming. It's coming. And I, I so if you don't see me next week and I'm depressed, that's why. Okay, well, okay. someone so do a look wellness check. Wellness yeah, check. Yeah, wh- oh, we're going to oh, we're going to need a wellness check. Someone uh, order her John and Vinny's delivery. Oh, that's really nice. I'm not doing that for you. I want sugarfish actually. Not doing that either. Okay. All right, should we get into this episode? This episode is so exciting. Oh, this is a great one. Ladies and gents, uh, aka one gent. 3. 3 gents that listen to this. Ben, Adam, and Gee. Gee. Our three men. <laughs> okay. okay talk about the episode okay oh oh you want to be because i i might get canceled on this one what because i said that nickelodeon is stupid <laughs> <laughs> literally quote oh, okay wait i, I, I said that nickelodeon is stupid. I, I okay thank you <laughs> i looked at puno and i was like but like is it like nickelodeon is stupid <laughs> She um was really gracious with me. Yeah, she was a patient. She was so patient with us. Fucking hot takes over here. No, we were Disney <laughs> Channel people. We 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 explain it in the episode. Anyways, so today we have Puno, who is the founder of I Love Creatives and the recent new podcast host of Girl Boss Radio. She took over for Sophia Maruso. Completely has uh revamped the whole brand and podcast really inserting new voices uh new women to to speak to and she is just so she's a hoot there is no there is nobody else like puno on the internet nobody she is just a delight um i i think she's my expander yeah honestly yeah she is able to integrate the silliness and the professionality no that's not a professionalism She's like a, she's the she is the cool girl. Oh, honey. yeah, yeah. So we the were ultimate. really really excited to interview. Yep. We know you sisters are gonna love this episode. So take a listen, and if this resonates, and you know a Puno fan out there, text it to a friend. Oh yeah. Text it to a new sister. Text it to a future sister. I mean, there's so many out there's there. There's so many. There's I mean, so many potential sisters. It, okay. The potential's untapped. I you know, mean, so much going on so here. There's so many futures. So many future <laughs> women in the world. Okay, sisters, we love you. Love Enjoy you. this episode. Puno, are you? Wait, are you in your home or is this an office? What's the deal here? Yeah, yeah. This is my home. I work from home. Um, I'm in downtown LA. Uh, yeah. 
you've always worked from home, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I like ever since, um, I quit my, my job, you know, 2014 or 2013. Um, but my husband, he usually sits next to me, but because I've just been podcasting so much, um, and I need, I'm like, anytime he makes, he types on his keyboard, I'm like, you're like, cut it out. I hear it. We need audio. (laughs) Audio excellence here. Um, yes, you are a new podcaster. This is uh, Mazel Tov. Welcome to the space. We are gonna, <laughs> what a way to enter. Ask. What a fucking way to enter. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna you know, host just... girl boss real quick. Huh? You know. You know. Okay. Before we get into all that, though, we have to do current fixations because we okay. have to, you know, remember the structure of the show. Uh, yeah. Scout, why don't you How start? How much caffeine have you had today, Mads? Let's just get this over real quick. How much caffeine have you had? I feel really attacked by you. Like, what? This is the energy I always bring. I don't understand what is changing for you. Um, Maybe I tried to because... switch locations and it fucked it all up. I'm sorry. And I'm trying to get us back on course. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's raining in San Diego and I'm in a sweater. Like... Oh... That must be it's it. Changing the balance. You're cold. It's changing the balance. I'm cold. You're cold. You're right. Puno, I am cold. That's I was it. wearing. That's it. I, I was wearing a tank top dress and I put a sweater on right before this because I was not cold. doing it. Your toes are still cold. My toes. Puno, my toes are still cold. I, I can tell. <laughs> Scout, you are also a weirdo where you wear sandals in the rain, like in this in the dead winter. You are a toe open person. Because uh, me too. Okay, my toes feel really restricted. I think it's because I'm from Texas. Oh, and I'm Filipino, so there's like all sorts of things that are written for the sandals in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's just a Southern California thing. Okay, I will go with the structure of the episode and do my current fixation. My current fixation is the song "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston. I mean, uh. if you need to feel joy depth you need to feel your personal power just belt it out Mm. just belt out and uh i'm not gonna do it i'm really not gonna do it but um let's not let's not it is such a good fucking song like i don't and the way she starts she starts like really quiet and then before she belts it there's like five seconds of pause where you wonder if maybe your phone broke but it didn't she was just really really setting the scene and then she just goes at it i mean that song and it's a sad song because she's actually leaving somebody and telling that person that she will always love them however when you sing it with your significant other you forget about that and it just becomes this manifesto of i will always love you to your significant other so i was getting chinese food with my (laughs) husband two nights ago and we put this song on before we went to pick it up and we just belted it out. It was a, it's just a good, oh God, like carry. It's not even a karaoke situation. It's just a soulful moment. Yes. And that you guys sang it together. That's so sweet. Damn we it. Kinda, they're like dorks like that. They'll do that type of stuff. Who I doesn't want to do that type goals. of stuff? Yeah. Goals. Relationship goals. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just Whitney Houston. And, and then, you know, like I want to dance with somebody. It's just. God, she's good. She's so she's good. good. She's soulful and she pumps the energy up at the same time. Mm-hmm. I like to like, you know, sometimes I want to dance with somebody, but she just says it in a different way. <laughs> 
I'm like at the roller rink when I'm 11. I'm like, I think I want to dance with somebody. But she's like, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. That's, you know, it, this is the intention for the week to uh-huh. embody Whitney Houston vibes. Yeah. What do you want? I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Well, you go up to the you go up your to the desires. Yeah. We have to express our wants. We have to be communicative and say it with gumption. Yes. Yeah. Lots of gumption and sass. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mads, what's your current fixation? Okay, I love I love a song moment. That was that was good. I haven't heard a song recommendation on OK Sis in a while. Um I'm gonna go with the book recommendation i i've been saying it all over the interweb but i have been reading how to build a goddamn empire by ali kriegsman who is the founder oh, of Bulletin. yeah great book um you know i haven't i as many of the sisters know i've been on a romance novel slash fiction kick <laughs> if you will um so i haven't read a nonfiction book or even a businessy book in a really long time and i I used to read so many right after college and i just it's been a dry spell so i it's the perfect introduction to more of a business-minded book because she is so colloquial so silly Mm -hmm. it feels like my type of energy especially as i'm growing Uh, a business as well I'm developing a travel recommendations app and she a lot of the way she and the struggles she went through and and overcoming them and the perseverance uh she is so real she is she's not sugarcoating anything about business which I think is really refreshing and really needed um it's she's really like yo you need to be so strong to do this and uh she empowers you but she also level sets with you and I I appreciate it a lot so I have been loving the book and she also um incorporates a lot of other female founders uh stories in it a lot of you know people that have actually been on OKSIS like the Dame founder and uh Trinity from Gold so it's been just so exciting to see that network and just more female voices being heard uh in business Mm-hmm. And what I love actually so much, not only just about her book, which is beautiful and it's like gives you coffee table book vibes along with a reading vibe, is that I've been watching kind of what she's been doing for herself as a personal brand. So I think that she was a founder of a company where she wasn't public facing. She didn't have her own voice on social media, et cetera. And with this book, she's really decided to create that for herself. And mm-hmm. I've seen her Instagram following increase. I've seen the strategy behind this book launch. I've seen the team that she's hired to do this. And it's really cool. It's really like she's coming into and stepping up to saying, here I am. This is what I've been doing for the last X amount of years. And here's where I want to impart my knowledge. So I think she's fucking killing the game. Yes. So, Okay. You got it. We got music. We have a book. Um, I'll, I, uh, I've been, I lot, uh, I just watched, um, oh my gosh. It's the Nickelodeon documentary on, um, the, the orange, uh, Nickelodeon. Hold on. Let me just look it up. Real We're going to disappoint you because we have literally never watched a Nickelodeon show in our life. Cause our mom wouldn't let us growing up. Oh, <gasps> Okay, but wait, wait, but let me give you some context. The reason it wasn't because she was conservative. It was because there were so many ads and we were such annoying kids that we would just ask her for all of the products. Disney Disney didn't have ads, so we were only allowed to watch Disney. But she also kind of realized that some of the Nickelodeon shows were 
kind of stupid. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know. They weren't that, you know. Which like, ones? Just like the general vibe of Nickelodeon shows. I feel like it's just kind of like. No, is that only my unpopular opinion that people That's are only come your after thing me? because you didn't grow up with it. I loved yeah. I loved Arnold <gasps> Hey Arnold. I loved Hey Arnold. The one I think that is was kind of stupid was the cat dog. That was oh. weird. I'm sorry. Oh, that was weird. Cat dog? See, okay, so I I'm Nickelodeon like like um when it started. So 90s. I'm 90s Nickelodeon. This and that's what this documentary is about. It's called um The Orange Years. But so okay, it was um, Doug, Rugrats, uh, Ren and Stimpy, um, like what else? Uh, Double Dare, Clarissa explains it all. Like that was that vibe. Yeah. Okay, we were in the wrong are, era then. No, oh Doug shit. Was, okay. Doug, no, Doug was Doug. People were watching when I was Rugrats. That was my years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the reason why I was like so into it is because the like top three executives, the people who kind of, you know, made Nickelodeon what it is, were all women. That's oh wow, very unfortunately surprising. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that either, and I was like, oh snap! And it's just really interesting how, the, like, how it came about, why they even decided to do that network, and then um, the like creative choices the deliberate creative choices of making like ugly ass rugrat babies and um and like what they fought for so i think that yeah, yeah anyways i would just watch it even if you weren't a nickelodeon 90s fan just seeing how um how you have to fight for something that you don't really no, even that's... know will work out Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. 
Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off.
no, it's fascinating. I, I, I definitely want to watch it. I think, I mean, we, we watched like Rugrats Hanukkah. That was a, <laughs> no, that it was, was Rugrats a thing. Passover. Rugrats Passover. That's what it was because the grandparents were Jewish. One yeah. of the side of the grandparents. Yes. Um, no, but that's, that is, that is so true. It's such a, uh, like cartoons and and the way that Nickelodeon presented itself and the type of content it created, like it was very weird. It was very off the beaten path. So it's incredible to hear that it was women like leading that kind of force and that they were trying to break barriers to what even cartooning could look like. Yeah. And just being real and just being like, no, that's boring. Like, I don't, we don't want to do that because that's like basic and boring. And I already did that before. And then they're just like, let's just do something that's off the wall. Did they talk about why their names haven't been highlighted at all? Mm, I don't know. Because I I feel like that's something that, you know, you know about, I mean, not just in the entertainment industry, like, you know, of George Lucas, you know, of Steven Spielberg, like, you know, the people behind certain franchises, you know, who's behind Disney, but like, no, I didn't even know who was behind Nickelodeon. I, you know, wrongfully yeah. assumed it was a man. But why weren't their names like in, you know, on the marquee? It, it might be the same reason why, you know, Allie is self-branding herself. It's like you kind of you kind of have to like want it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I think I mean, well, I think also at that time, the women probably felt that it would be a disservice to the marketing of it, which is shitty but Mm. maybe they thought if we are if we are the faces of it then it won't have as big of a reach especially in the 90s which is very sad and i i'm hoping that moving forward people are more empowered to say hey i am a woman creating like silly funny content and that's not you know that doesn't mean it's like girly content it is it's universal i mean Maybe because I don't even think back then it was a conscious choice to become a personal brand. I think the media made you a personal brand. Mm. Like, I don't think people who created Star Wars and Star Trek, like all that decided to be like, hey, I'm going to come forth and be this personal brand. I think it was who the media decided was a personal brand. Hmm. We're going to look at Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't even, I mean, I, I just know that she ended up moving on from Nickelodeon to Disney, the, the, the executive producer. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? It might be, it might've been something where she, it might've been a combination of all things. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, yeah, I think if she were to make Nickelodeon today, it would be totally different. Yeah. That is so interesting. I'm going to watch that documentary. Yeah. It's a good one. Great current fixation, Puno. Thank you. Um, All right. Let's get into everything about you because um, so Scout chatted with you a little bit on her clubhouse room, which I was, you know, geeking out over and girl crushing over you on it. Um, But I have felt this very great kinship towards you. And I'll explain to you why. Um, I discovered I Love Creatives on the Instagram, you know, because you guys are everywhere and it's great. Yeah. And it's, uh, the brand lends itself very well to the Instagram. Um, and I was just inspired by your courses, right? Like I never thought I would want to or need to take a Squarespace course or an Adobe Premiere Pro course, but I did because it was you guys. 
and I it's kind of an annoying term but like edutainment is kind of this new space and I feel as though you've really captivated it and the reason that I felt so compelled to you is because you're very silly uh you're very authentic to yourself and you're able to blend knowledge and skill set and hard skills with levity and having fun like why do the two things need to be mutually exclusive and I feel with the courses and with what I love creatives has built um it just it makes you want to learn like it made me excited again to be a student uh so I kind of want to ask you was that always the intention and did you kind of see a white space where you're like oh all these courses are so dull and they're just not fun and I want to create something a little a little with a little more uh humor or was it just like this is all I know like this is the only way I could do this great question uh both 100 I mean it started off with a lot of the things that I do it always starts off with um disdain or like annoyance or I don't want to do this because I don't want to be associated with this thing like in the that specifically was I mean I had been asked to do a workshop from a friend of mine and I was like a little hesitant because I was like I don't I don't know I, I don't I just learned this thing like last week you know <laughs> and then so it went from that to general assembly asking me to teach and then me being like ah, shit though. Like, is this going to be my new thing? Am I going to like, am I going to like do this now? Cause this is like the second time. And then it turned into, okay, if I, I can, you know, I, I know there's a demand for it. Like people in Los Angeles want it. I'm, I'm sure other people from other cities want it. So I need to go online. And then I like dove into the world of online education at that point saw like how everything was set up. And I, I think at that point I was like very hesitant because I was just like, ah, oh, woof. I don't know if I want to do all that. Like I, I can't, I just don't know. And then, so I just put a pin on that for a minute and it really wasn't until I saw um, an ad or no, I put an ad out on Isle of Creatives for a junior Squarespace designer to help me freelance. And you know, that's when I saw like, oh my gosh, so many people interviewed or want to, or applied to this, like a hundred, over a hundred people applied to this and they're not going to get it. Like there's, there's, you know, like I, there was like a, a definite skill gap there. And that's when I was just like, okay, I need to like figure this out because I think that there yes the internet is abundant and you can learn from anywhere you can be you can youtube how to make a squarespace website very aware of that um but like they're not going to know exactly what to what i need and i can be very specific about what i need you know like i can be like nope we need this and this and this and so that's when i just was like i, I need to do this and and that was when I was like, I, the only way I'm going to do this is if it's 100% me. Like, at this time, too, I wasn't really front-facing with I Love Creatives. I was always, like, in the background. Um, I, I was always hesitant to, like, put my face on our brand. Um, 
because I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think I was just like self-conscious and didn't, and if it like failed, I wanted to be somewhat separated from it. But I've gone through two businesses already that kind of, I wouldn't say failed, but are over. And, um, and it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. And it doesn't matter. Um, so that's when I was just like, I don't really care anymore. And also I turned 30 and I was like, I really don't give a fuck anymore about what people think. And so, and, um, uh, and I think what, what you're telling me, which thank you so much for like seeing that is I would love to have a place and an environment and a world where I get to be myself, like, and, and and like be able to truly explore that and really push myself because I still think I'm holding back. I still think that I'm not a hundred percent doing it purely for me. There's always some other thing that I'm thinking about. Like, yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm always just trying to figure out like, where do I, where can I make myself be myself? <laughs> you know? You touched upon so, so many things. And so I have, I have two questions. One, just like a rapid fire question. Did you see an increase in your business when you did put yourself as the forward facing? Okay. So yes. Two, for women who are thinking about starting their own thing, because I think what is so unique and so beautiful, yet it comes with a blessing and a curse is that today in business, people want to know who's behind the business. They want that face. So what's happening to entrepreneurs is that not only are they being asked to be an entrepreneur, they're being asked to be a public figure. And oftentimes that means content creation online, on Instagram, doing podcast interviews, being very forward facing. And so I think that like in my business right now, I'm coming to the point of, hey, I can't be hundred percent the entrepreneur because now I'm being that forward-facing person and so I think it's 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 a curse for those who don't want to be the forward-facing person but it's a blessing because now business is becoming so much more personal in that people do business with people who are their authentic selves they want I love creatives because when Puno gets on the screen you know that it's Puno and we love Puno right like we love the way you use color we love how quirky you are we love the graphics you use etc can you talk about your feeling or your perspective on how entrepreneurship has become a public facing thing and whether or not you think that's a good or bad thing? I mean, I think that for myself, I had to get confidence. Like I needed to figure out who I was. And I remember when I first get started getting into this whole business thing. And like, that was the number one question that kept me up at night was like, should I have a business Instagram account or should I have a personal one or should I have both together? And I, I honestly love, I lost sleep on that question because really I think what I was saying was I know that I have the potential for it. I think I'm just scared and I don't know exactly how to do it. So in a way, I'm really glad that I decided to keep it separate and I, you know, got to really just be myself on my personal Instagram and experiment um, because a lot of the things I did and I experimented on my own ended up being a part of Isla Creatives for sure. The pressures, the societal pressures of, of like 
being more front facing um, is leverage. And if you don't want to use it, you do not have to, but you just have to know, like, you've got to do it some other way. You've got to like, I, I, there's still brands that exist that we don't know who the founders are, you know, like, it's not like it's an end all. It is just leverage. And it's something that um, you do still have to be open to exploring and open to like being, being in the public and talking and going on podcasts. And I think some people um, who do it and do it really well are going to benefit dramatically from it because, because like, humans are so dynamic and we have so many different, you know, things, but at the same time, it could completely bring your company down because like one person did this one thing. And so therefore like, da, da, da. So it's, I mean, it's, it's tricky, but yeah, if you, if you have it and if you want it, you should do it. If you don't, yeah. then don't. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, because I want to like extract this from what you just said, because what you said is so amazing that I don't want to overskip this is one that I think a lot of women listening to this know exactly who you are. And I've seen a very, very strong level of confidence, authenticity and uniqueness come through the screen. One that you had problems with that, that you weren't in the beginning comfortable enough or confident enough to really go after that in the beginning is such a huge sigh of relief for so many of us who are just trying to figure that part out of our game. And yeah. two, that you had businesses that I'm not going to say failed, but ended and your life continued. I think it's really easy to see you and say, I love creatives and girl boss and unique authenticity coming to the forefront when really everything you're telling us was that there was a lot of behind the scenes and before work that happened to create the person that you are today. And there's a lot of behind the scenes that is happening to create the person that you're going to be in five years. And so I just want to thank you for one saying that you have businesses that you no longer have, because I want us to really sit with that for a second, that that's really the, a lot of the times the reality of entrepreneurship, that the first few things you start sometimes aren't the things that you end up doing in the long haul. So I just wanted to point that yeah. out as like really great value points because I think that that really can help a lot of people who are in the beginning phases right now. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, failure and, and like businesses, um, you know, you're moving on from businesses. It's all PR at the end of the day. And, and it's really just about how are you sitting with it? Like, are you really comfortable with that? Or are you, is there something about your ego that is so wrapped up in it that you are going to do other, you're going to hide it. You're going to be, you're going to act like it's, it's not hurting you as much. Like that's, that's crazy, you know, to have to, to have to think like that. So I, I, I don't know. I would say that before anybody ever starts a business, you've got to be, you have to know that that is a hundred percent a possibility and that you have to already be okay with it. It's, it's something I'm, I'm definitely learning. I know Scout feels very, very comfortable with, I mean, we don't want to call it failure, but just maybe, you know, things not working out or coming to fruition. I, I don't know. But for instance, I just started a YouTube channel, which uh, you were actually a big inspiration for me. I loved your weekly vlogs. And I just thought, again, there's this intersection of 
being a founder and a uh, intellectual human being, but then there's silliness. You know, I, I've said this on the podcast before. I have very two polarizing like personalities. I'm like this business oriented, very pragmatic side. And then I'm like fucking crazy on the other end. And I, I've never seen in business until you that it's, that it could blend and that it could blend in order to elevate your business and make it Mm. more successful. Um, so in terms of the YouTube channel, that's kind of where I wanted it all to connect. And, um, I said to scout, I said, look, I, I, if it becomes too much for me, I'm going to stop. Like, it's not, it's not my priority, but it's something fun. I do. I learned Adobe premiere pro from you. So it's like, I got a great skill even it's like there's no there's no downside like I can stop if I want whatever it it gives some entertainment it's fun for me and now I have this amazing skill that I can bring to a future uh, job or position in my life so Mm -hmm. reorienting that into um, even if something stops like what did you learn from it and what can you take from it into that next venture which is so huge for Mads like (laughs) It's so fucking huge. When she texted me that, I almost cried because I was so proud. Because when we started this podcast, it was hard for Mads to put herself out there and like thinking, overthinking it. And what are people going to think? Blah, 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 blah. So the fact that Mads, you got to a point where you put something out and you were Mm -hmm. okay with it not being this whatever you want it to be, whatever, whatever, is such a testament. And I think is a, is a, is a byproduct of strengthening that muscle of putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. My family, and if you look at the trajectory of my career, one could look at it, which many do, and say that I started and stopped a bunch of things. I look at it and I'm like, whoa, that thing led me to that thing, led me to that thing, which prepared me for that, which prepared Mm -hmm. me for that. Like, it's just this tumbleweed situation, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think is such a more beautiful way of looking at it than like this failure stop start. So anyways, Mads, I'm so proud of you. Oh, me too. That's great. I I think that, I mean, the more that you are, I guess, like you said, putting yourself out there, um, it's just so interesting, even with this girl boss thing for myself. Um, I think that like, I knew that it was separated from I Love Creatives. And I knew that it was more about me being talent, if you will. Like it's a, it's a different trajectory in a way. Um, and I've always kind of wanted it. And I, I just didn't know how, like last year, oh shit, no, two, two years ago, <laughs> it was like last year, um, I did, I took like an acting class and I took a stand-up class Um, And I was trying to figure out that side of me. Like I used to, when I was young, I was in, I was in acting. I was uh, in theater and then I got in trouble. And so my mom like was like, you can't do acting anymore. And so I like, it cut off from my life, like right then and there. And so I was like, oh shit. Okay. And I, you know, I always like tried to seep back into it with like debate and public speaking when I was high school. Um, But it, it just never really I never really took it super far. Um, but that's something that I'm like, whoa, that's, that's an extreme, you know, version of, of personal branding of like, you know, it, that is now moving into, this is going solo in a way. (laughs) 
you know? No, I, um, I totally, I, to I totally get what you mean. I mean, I grew up doing theater and I also quit it right before college. And so with the podcast, I think that is like an evolution or a different, it manifested itself in a different way for me. Um, cause I'm obviously very theatrical. So it, it, it brings me a space where I can, you know, be the star or like talk. And it's, yeah, it's very interesting um, uncovering mm -hmm. those sides of yourself, uh, especially when it's something that we were so ingrained in childhood and then you stop it. And it's like, how, because that part doesn't just go away from you, but it can mm -hmm. look different. Um, and I think with so many of these platforms, people are are shining in different ways and it's coming up in, in a lot of creative and amazing ways. Mm -hmm. It's also cool how one medium, like Mads and I do the same thing, right? We co-host a podcast together. This satiates and really, really fulfills a part of Mads that is that entertainer. For me, I always wanted to be a journalist and a writer, and my favorite type of articles to write were profiles. I always mm. liked interviewing and talking to people. So it's amazing how two totally separate needs, inspirations, curiosities can actually look one totally different than what you thought it would and two can come together in totally different angles yeah so yeah can you talk about your experience with girl boss because like what because obviously as you were saying you had this performative entertainment kind of star thing and then maybe this is a way that you can tap into that but what was the process like for you when they approached you what went through your mind? Well, I think, because no, I think Sophia Moroso just like slid into Puno's text <laughs> and was like, yo, you want to do girl boss? Okay, like, well, I didn't know I mean, that. Just I want to hear the story. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's very casual and very cool that she has Sophia Amoroso's phone number. Is that all I'm saying? <laughs> that is, that is pretty. That's, that's a goal. That's a goal. I mean, well, it's also because I think the only reason why she knew about me was because I, I did an Instagram course one time and then she saw that and then was like hey can you teach this thing for girl boss and google and that was like years ago and so i i've just done things putting my face out there and that turned into that i think that you know and also i did a podcast too and i don't know if she saw that or anything but there's just like I, i'm always like kind of experimenting and putting things out there so i 100 percent know that that was you can't see it if you don't have examples. So it's not like she was just like, you know what? <laughs> Who knows? This person I, I text once in a while. <laughs> like, definitely not that. But, and then I also think it was, it's the time, the times, you know, they have, they, it's definitely a diversity play for sure. And I know that, and then it helps that I had I Love Creatives. That's a natural fit too helps that I'm a teacher that I like educate and that I showed that I can make ads funny. So I, I think all of those things um, happen when Scout was asking about like, what was, what was the process? It was like, I held off on signing my contract for a really long time because I, I was so unsure if I should do this at girl boss, but the difference that I, the, the big difference was I knew that Girlboss had a ton of reach and with a very specific audience. And I just wanted someone else to hear like a voice like mine, meaning 
I'm, I'm not that successful compared to like what people consider success. I wanted to really re- redefine that and make people feel okay about that. I'm like from Texas, like I'm Asian American. I'm not like typical Asian person either. I think there's a lot of uh, minorities that are like, we have like this weird dilemma about like working hard and because a lot of our parents are immigrants and they're always like telling us that. So we know that's why we are so successful because our parents work so hard. So I kind of wanted to squash that like and talk about that more. There's just like a lot of like perspectives that I felt like were missing and not just like me personally, but also other people that I don't even talk to. Like I really wanted um, a trans woman to be on the podcast. I really wanted to have more Hispanics on the on the podcast. There, there's just like voices that I was like, let me just, if I have this opportunity, let me just like crack open the door and just like, let's see what happens because of that. So that was like the main driving point of, of wanting to get on it. That kind of trumped all of the other, um, whoops, that was such a bad choice of words. Um, I know, <laughs> whenever husband, I say that word now, I'm like, I roll. My Fuck. husband did that last night and I he he meant it in the best way and I was kind of like, mm, you know, like I just yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's like a shudder. It's like, it's like a trauma response. It's a trauma response. I know, response. especially what I'm talking about, that's like the worst. Anyways, yeah, so, but 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 I I think that like all of my personal things that I wanted to do, I was just like this is a good opportunity for that. But I still I mean my major issues with it are still kind of the same issues that I have right now, which is it's still a lot of work. You guys know this, and I still don't necessarily have full control. Meaning like I can't just do something super wacko, or and it's not that girl boss is um, controlling at all. My God, my goodness. Like if the, anything, they're almost like two hands off in a way because of the way it's, it's structured, but it's just more of like, I know, you know, it's important to keep, keep it, <laughs> keep it to the brief. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas if it was my own personal thing, I could really go off and it would be okay. And I think that's like something that I kind of miss. Yeah. So I know that you talked about it on Girl Boss um, on the podcast as well. But the you know you're also bringing on a name of a company that um, I think you also kind of were grappling with some of the issues that came with even just the word Girl Boss. Um, Scout is very for these types of terms like girl boss, boss babe, and kind of like the commodification of feminism in a way I grappled with it, but I, 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 it's a very loaded statement. And so I'm just going to say it's a loaded statement. I'm not going to explain, but that is a very loaded statement. Keep going. I know that's, (laughs) that's literally what I just said. I literally just said, we don't have time to go into it. But what (laughs) I am trying to ask is, was there a conversation about shifting the name of the podcast or was that even something that you grappled with? Um, I mean, I know Sophia Moroso has talked also about um, what the, what the word has erupted to. Um, I think, I think people need to chill the fuck out, but that's, you know, whatever. Um, Because if people resonate with it and they resonate with a community and they want to identify as that word, then that's Mm -hmm. great. If that is empowering and inspiring you, like, who the fuck cares what other, uh, you know, implications it it has now come to 
manifest. I don't know. So talk to us a little bit about taking on that, taking on the project itself and just yeah. uh, with Sophia leaving the company, like it's just messy a little bit if you, if, if oh, I yeah. say so. Yeah. So oh, like, yeah, what, yeah. How was that? Um, so, I mean, I think, so Sophia left a long time before, not a long time, but, uh, she, she and the entire girl boss crew that they have, that she built, they were gone, um, when attention capital sold the company, even before that, because COVID basically, um, you know, so the trend, there wasn't really a transition, if you will, because like that, that just wasn't happening over there. Um, they were like just hiring a bunch of people at that point. But the, so the name has always been, that's like brought up all the time, 100%. Like, it, it's not just, I mean, there's so many things that are, that are going against it. So I don't think that that that's off the table. I think that it's just like, they haven't even gotten the right people on board to to talk about the name and make a decision on it but it's weird though because it's like in the past few months like the instagram account has grown like by three hundred thousand, and the tiktok has grown by a hundred thousand like it's like there's still legs behind the name but i agree i mean i i think that it sucks because like I come from, I love creatives and I don't have to worry about having a gender specific name, but at the same time, there's things like voicemails, there's things like girlfriend collective, and you can have a gender based name, but also not necessarily do that. It's a little different also because there's other problems with the name, but I think what we've been trying to do is to explore the nuances more. Because if anything, that's like definitely not happening. We're all privately having that conversation because the people that are being so polarizing about it are the loudest right now. And I'm just not that person by, by any means. I am just not that person. I, I think of, I don't ever think that there's a truly right or wrong. There's, there's a lot of like nuances that we can explore with this. And even whenever I see certain people who write about the word girl boss, I also look at them and I'm like, where did you come from? Who are you surrounded by? Why are you allowed to, to cancel this thing? And, and then you look at the comments and the people that are replying to it and who, are, who do they look like? Where did they come from? Because they're not the same people. So I, yeah, I think, I think that it, Hari said it the best in that last episode. I don't know if you guys listened to that one, but you know, it, it is, it is kind of interesting to just be able to be in it and like sit in it and <laughs> just be like in the middle of a tornado essentially. And just be like, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I am so happy you said that because I think that without getting into it too much, like, first of all, I read Girl Boss when Sophia came out with it when I started my first business and I was lost and I found somebody who said that I could be a woman and an entrepreneur. For me, mostly it was just that I could be an entrepreneur really was mm -hmm. like 
the thing that hit me. And then the reason I loved Girl Boss so much was because a woman was telling me that. So it just felt closer to home in so many ways. I think that if a man wrote that book, it would just be different. And so I think they're at that point in time in history, which was eight years ago, potentially, it was so revolutionary because it allowed me to see something that was a possibility. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've always held on to that initial feeling. I remember where I was when I read the book. I remember Sophia Moroso liked my photo when I posted it on my grid because Instagram was super new back then. Like, I just remember feeling so empowered to do that. And so that stuck with me forever. But I love what you just said that I think that we get swept away between a right and a wrong situation and we forget the nuances so without going into it this person got canceled and I read an article about her getting canceled and I was like wait a minute I actually don't think that what she said there like they were using something that she said to create a bigger argument that I just didn't agree with but because it was the cut that wrote it I think so many people just immediately would read it as people who are sensitive and liberal and all these things and just sign off on it very quickly. Mm -hmm. But it's so nuanced. It really, really, really is. And I think allowing room for that nuances and, and allowing room for people to sit in the middle of the tornado and say, oh, this is fucking crazy, right? But other before, like, instead of just being the tornado or being the person like watching the tornado, I think is so powerful because I think we're so quick to just get on this train of this is bad and this is good without really recognizing how much goes into stuff like this. And so I just want to applaud you for one saying that because I found myself in the situation where I was just believing articles that I read about other people. And then I started and then I found one where a woman said a quote, which is something that I personally believe in. And I was like, oh, shit, they're canceling someone who said something that I believe in. What's going on here? And it made mm -hmm. me deconstruct the bigger reality and how you can't just narrow things down to something so oversimplified. So that was a tangent. But I just want to say thank you for bringing that to the forefront because it's worth discussion. It's worth figuring it out. It's worth being in that nuanced state and just sitting in it because I think that's how we really understand and internalize, embody, and integrate what's happening culturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and we, you know, there's, there had been a lot of conversations about how deep do we use the podcast platform to like really dive into cancel culture, really dive into the word girl boss, dive into feminism, dive into all of that. Or do we use this platform to talk about people who are, haven't been able to have a voice. And in my opinion, I think that's more worth my time. Amen. Like, I'm just like, you know what? you got, you guys have that all on Instagram on lock. Yes. It's, it's fine. I don't think we need to hear about that anymore. Let me talk to Andrea who is, you know, disabled and we can learn a little bit more about that. Cause I, sorry, I think that's a little bit more interesting. No, that's, that's also very, very huge actually presenting people with different stories versus talking about the cultural narrative around the stories like yes yeah exactly <laughs> that's very uh whew, that's a lot to to unpack there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean honestly that okay. was the big thing was like we want to make sure i want to personally make sure everybody who works on our team for the podcast side was like very adamant about look we're going to be the first to be called out if for anything so might as well just do the right shit because we know exactly what that is just do it. 
just don't worry about the other stuff. Don't have to be so reactive. I think that's the cool thing about having a podcast is it is, it needs to be thought about beforehand and you do need to like plan for it. So I'm like, Oh, thank God. I'm in a, like a platform that's not so fucking reactive. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You could, you could just like spend, you could actually formulate your thoughts rather than, you know, yeah, when we your thoughts right away. When we did the pie, we already have our first 24 episodes already laid out. We knew exactly we wanted this voice. We wanted this story. We wanted this voice. We wanted this story. And then we found those people and then we brought them on. I mean, sometimes there was a few that came in out of nowhere, but like, but for the most part, everything was pretty um, specific. Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's really, that's really interesting because that's not what me and Mads do. I mean, we don't think of it, we don't think of it as like 24 episodes. What do we want to fill it with and have it be nuanced with? We just have a greater mission and belief system underneath us. And then mm-hmm. as we're creating content, which we prefer to keep it very, very like, I don't know if rele- not relevant, um, uh, with current we like to keep it like super super current because we have that little bit of like that reality to like our lives etc yeah but we have an underlying value system belief system mission that we always check in with before we bring somebody on we know exactly the types of women we want on and i think that kind of tells a little bit of a bigger story in itself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so we want to be mindful of your time so we're going to ask you our favorite question that we ask every single OKSIS guest at the end. If you were to brag about something and you cannot be humble, what would you brag about? About myself? Yeah, girl. Yeah, about yourself. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, 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 I think I think I'm a very generous person. I love That's that. That's very sweet. Almost to a fault. <laughs> There could be a shadow side to being generous. Yeah, you got to yeah. have boundaries too. When I when I took that acting class, um, my acting teacher was like, "Poo note, big note, big note," and I was like, "Oh boy, here we go," because her notes are long. Like she, it's like a therapy session, um, and you're like standing up there by yourself, just being like <laughs> taking it. And uh, she was like, "You're such a caretaker. Like you you cannot help yourself," and. To give you context, I was standing, we were doing the um, the Meisner technique and we were like talking back and forth. And then that the, my partner would get awkward or would fuck up or would do something. And then I would like swoop in with a joke or like figure out how to like get us out of it. And then she called me out on that and was like, you're such a caretaker. You do not know how to let someone else let you have to fix it. You have to fix it. You can't, you're like compelled to do that. And then, so anytime that would happen, she'd be like, stop, stop caretaking. And I was like, I didn't know that this was a problem. <laughs> sometimes, you know? it, yeah. Sometimes a gift is to let people struggle and learn and get themselves out of the, of the challenge. I'm the same way, Puno. Like, if Mads is in an uncomfortable place in her life, I am literally voice noting my coach being like, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? And then I'm not kidding, Mads. That's happened many times this past year. Um, and what I realized is one, and this kind of hurts, but 
our need to make other people feel good is not because we care about them, but it's really not because we care about them. It's because we feel unsafe if those around us are unsafe. And so it's actually this very selfish need to bring ourselves back to homeostasis and balance. Mm. And in being when we are selfish and we can't handle feeling any type of discomfort because the one we love is our discomfort and we take it from them, we actually rob them of life experiences and becoming strong and we actually weaken them significantly. So when I always feel the need to swoop in and save, don't laugh, this is true. When I, I always I... need to swoop in and save, I say I'm being selfish. I'm robbing them of life experience just because mm-hmm. I want to feel better in this moment. And the best way to help them is to co-regulate and show them like with my energy that I feel safe around them and then they can inhabit a sense of safety as well. It's a big thing for me too because I used to do it all the time and I thought I was this amazing heroic person and then someone said, no, you're just selfish. Like you can't stand to be in pain. And I was like, oh, fuck. But there's a balance though. Totally, totally. You could totally be a generous person and have it be healthy. But like mm. that point when you're trying to fix people yeah, the fixing. The fixing's the problem. The fixing is, I think the fixing and the allowing it to just simmer. I think that was what she wanted me, my teacher wanted me to do was just, she's like, just simmer on it for a second. You know, don't be so reactive. Mm-hmm. Don't like, don't think that you have all the answers right away kind of thing. And then there is... I think what she wanted to see was that awkwardness. She wanted to see how how do these two people sit in uncomfortable situations because that's like so much more interesting and so much more entertaining. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that there's a hundred percent selfishness that is involved with with um, generosity, with giving, but then at the same time, like Maddie's saying it you have to help people too. <laughs> God, that's like the balance. So there's a balance. How do there's we balance. do things in a healthy way? Well, I read this book by Adam Grant called Give and Take. I talk about it all mm. the time. Um, but, but that one is a good one because it just talks about like, you know, just, just being uber self-aware all the time. Mm-hmm. That's like the main takeaway and how. Yeah. Gotta get that book. We're always in pursuit of being self-aware all the time. That is tagline oh, of life. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So sometimes I don't, I, just I don't like think pause you've, yeah, if you... Yeah. Self-aware. <laughs> right. Well, because there's like it's self-aware that turns into self-consciousness or self-awareness that turns into, you know, being... Like, self-awareness right now puno i said oh shit i gave that example and i projected my experience onto puno's generosity that she was bragging about and therefore i just completely diminished her brag because i was talking about my own fucking experience and i shouldn't do that and i should have prefaced it with my experience and not prescripted puno see like this is where what now that's a spiral right there you gotta get out of that yeah (laughs) and that's the thing it's like it's only in our own heads too it's like no one else fucking thought that scout like yeah yeah no one thought that scout we're i was here like that's so true (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh yeah another another chaotic episode of okay sis i mean but where would we be without it 
but nourishing. Very interesting. It's so Very good. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you guys want to see with OK Sis? Like, do you guys talk about that? So we talk about a plethora of things, and why I think okay, what I think makes OK Sis so special is that me and Mads are very, very different. So I live with bipolar disorder and bring a lot of mental health and spirituality to the table. And then I'll let Mads say what she brings. But what Mads brings to me specifically is that she cracks me out of my shell and allows me to be silly. So Mm -hmm. in many ways, we can go from laughing about The Bachelor to talking about being super self-aware about our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, and our emotions. And yeah. it's that fluidity where we don't have to be serious. We don't have to be a serious podcast. We don't have to be a silly podcast. We can just be what we all are, which is multidimensional and have so many different things going on. And so for me, that's the beauty is like one, talking to people who we admire and getting to go a little bit deeper than what we see on Instagram, et cetera. And then giving full freedom for me and Mads to be our fullest expressions, which can look like a laughing fit over the fact that I like reverse cowgirl is my favorite sex position, but Mads is convinced I've never tried it. Two, talking about how I have a prayer practice that helps me fight my psychosis in my brain, you know? So it's just, that's what I love about it. What's your goal, Mads, or whatever? I mean, I think you summed it up. Going from reverse cowgirl to meditation and some psychosis, like it's just all, it's chaotic. It's all over the place. But I think that's, that's, that is what we wanted to destigmatize. I think a lot of podcasts and I, and just in terms of content creation, I've heard so many times, time and time again, to niche down, to be niche, to be niche. And to me, like, I don't know what that is for me because I love so many things. And why can't I talk about all of them? We're all humans with so many interests. And that's why when we started OKSIS, we started the current fixation segment because we're always fucking excited about a different thing. And that is, that's okay. And we have on such a range of guests and we don't, limit ourselves because I want to connect with so many different people. I don't want to just connect on just bachelor people or just mental health people or spiritual people. Why can't they all exist under one umbrella that is okay? So that's, that's my goal with it is, and it kind of goes back to the, it kind of, well, I said in removing the niche for me personally, as a practice, I've become a lot less judgmental of women. Like Mm. I've had, We've had such an array of women on this podcast from YouTubers to reality TV stars to major entrepreneurs to therapists to authors to spiritual teachers that in seeing that wide array of women from what my lens used to be like, which is categorize this woman as this and categorize this woman as this. I've been able to see a complete spectrum of amazing humanness and it's Mm -hmm. in such a rare like intimate form like this and so that's been the raddest thing in my opinion Mm. yes that's great yeah thanks puno for asking us that question thanks puno for asking (laughs) we're just like (laughs) let's just tell everyone why we started focuses um okay we have overstayed our welcome so please let everyone know where they can find you they can find I Love Creatives. They can find uh, Girl Boss. All of your, what do you call yourself? Uh, slashy. I love that. Uh-huh. That's me too. That's me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Puno Dostres. That's not, my last name is not Dostres. <laughs> I did think that. You know that I actually, I realized 
what it was like I think a month ago like I was like oh puno dos tres duh like I was it's I'm sure you get that all the time all the time all the time but yeah just go there and you can like from there that'll that's where the rabbit hole will start yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was Thanks such a delight. And sisters, you can find us on Instagram at OKSIS Podcast. Love Woo! you. Love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 